Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome back to Climbing the Ivy on the Fan Side of Network. This is your host Alex Pat alongside Adam McGinnis. We were out for a week, so we got about two weeks worth of stuff to cover. Uh, not a lot of news going on, except a lot of the rumors about Manny Machado. These talks are getting pretty serious in terms of how often they're being brought up by writers, fans, and whatnot. Uh, we also talk a little bit about the Cubs pitching their last road trip in Cincinnati and Atlanta and the rival Milwaukee Brewers, and their recent good stretch. But first, let's welcome in Adam McGinnis. How are you doing tonight? Doing pretty well, thanks. How are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, hopefully the Cubs could rebound here and win tonight against the Indians. They're currently uh, losing one to nothing in the third inning, but I'm sure most of you not listening great. will know the uh, results already. So, anyway... Why don't we just get down to business? Uh, the first thing I kind of wanted to talk about was the most relevant topic right now, really in all of Chicago baseball. And we talked about this on the previous show, and that is the Manny Machado stuff. All the rumors saying that the Cubs can make a deal for him this year and then potentially re-sign him in the offseason, or maybe they just go ahead and sign him in the offseason without trading for him. And there's also the talks of, well, if they do that, would they be able to get Harper or not? I know you've said your opinion has changed a little bit, so I just kind of wanted to get your quick thoughts on uh, where you stand right now in the Manny Machado business. My opinion on this has changed so much. I've done so many 180s on the Machado thing. I think at first I was all in, do whatever it takes to get him, and then I said, no, better just stay away. And now I'm kind of back onto the, if you got the right deal, then do it. I still am of the opinion that it's not really a realistic thing for the Cubs. I'm not sure they've got exactly what the Orioles are looking for, and I'm not sure the Cubs would be willing to give up uh, big league talent right now for a rental. But I'll say this. If they could maybe pull off like an Addison-Russell trade, package centered around Addison-Russell, give them whatever minor leaguers they want, I'd absolutely do that. I don't know if the O's would go for it, though. Yeah, I'm not so sure either. I think that the Orioles might be wanting a little more, or they may be interested in other assets. So we'll kind of see how that goes. Right now, the way I see it is, okay, they have major league assets to trade, probably like a Russell or a Hap. Do they really want to give that up for somebody who may only be here for a season? At the same time, Manny Machado could really make your team better. It's not like Machado is the missing link to anything. It's the fact that Machado would just make your team a lot better. So I guess you got to ask yourself, is it worth it? And if a deal were to get done, I would just say that Theo Epstein saw the worth and I would have to trust in that. Yeah, I'm not sure Machado is really answer. I think the Cubs have just about everything they need already. They just need to get more consistency from the guys they've got like Anthony Rizzo. and But, see, the thing about Addison Russell, I would not mind giving him up at all because I think his ceiling is pretty much at 250. 
I don't really see him being a whole lot better than that right now, maybe at some point in his career. But I think that with Russell, the gist of it is he's just a really good defender, a decent hitter on a good day, most of the time a little below average. So, I mean, if he's gone, the Cubs aren't really missing much of a presence anyway. I think Ian Happ is going to be the better hitter between the two of them in the long run. I think that's really important to uh, keep in mind is that he is really still a valuable young guy. He's only 23 years old. He has an OPS over eight in his career, and he's played, like, what, just barely a full season now? Yeah, he strikes out a lot, but you're seeing what this guy can do. The ceiling is really high for him. It's not like the ceiling dropped, at least on half, at least in my opinion. I don't think it has. No, yeah, I, I think you're right, and for – a brief while I had Ian Happ part of my acceptable list of players I would trade. Now I've got him in with my uh, untouchables uh, along with Javier Baez. Um, so yeah, at this point I would not be willing to give up Ian Happ for uh, half a season of Manny Machado. I know some other people would be, but we're seeing it right now. Ian Happ is just kind of starting to find his rhythm. He's playing a little more consistently. Uh, he's, bats are getting a little bit better. We're seeing the power really in effect right now. So I would be holding on to Ian Happ. If they gave away Happer for Machado, I think that would be Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens there. I think that Theo Epstein values Ian Happ a lot, so we'll kind of see where that progresses. Uh I really don't have anything else to say about it now because most of it is speculation. It's a lot of rumors. It's a lot of just talk. There's not much else to it. I mean, last well, question I have for you on the Machado thing is, is there somebody that not a lot of people are talking about that you would be tempted to give up for Machado or not really? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I guess I'm going to say not really because I think Addison Russell and Ian Happ are the two – primary candidates that everybody is talking about and I've already said Hap I would not give up Addison Russell I suppose I would give up other than that there really is nobody else I would not give up Javier Baez I would not give up Wilson Contreras I would give up Victor Caratini I'm not sure that would be enough for the O's but I would give up him yeah if he was part of a package deal I guess I would be tempted to give up on him at least I think that he's going to be a solid player and that we haven't seen enough, but, you know, you have Wilson Contreras now. Is this really kind of a place to develop a backup catcher who has a ceiling to be a one? I'm just not so sure about that. No. So, and to your point, that's why maybe it would be uh, okay to deal a guy like Victor Caratini. Right. And, you know, the only reason I'm still sort of okay with the idea of getting Machado is – and rental position players seem to have been going for fairly cheap on the trade market lately. I mean, think back to the J.D. Martinez trade, a whole hefty lot for him. I mean, it's it's always been bizarre to me that pitchers, starting pitchers, acquire a lot more in return than position players because the pitchers are going every five days and your position players are going every day, but it just seems like the pitchers are a lot more expensive. So, it could end up being that Machado costs a lot less than some are speculating. And if that's the case, then I wouldn't mind seeing him go after Machado. 
Well, it's like I said before, kicking the tires is kind of what you want to do in this scenario. It's not necessarily committing to anything. Kicking the tires is just seeing what they want, what they'd be interested in, and then maybe you could work through a few things, and if nothing works, then nothing works. Kicking the tires isn't saying, okay, I want to make a deal right now. We're not going to leave until we do. Kicking the tires is just simply basically evaluating what they want. That's all it is. Yeah, it can't hurt to just at least inquire, so I wouldn't mind seeing the Cubs do that at all. And if they get Machado, that's cool. You know, He's probably a once-in-a-generation kind of talent. I don't know if I'd put him quite on Mike Trout level, but he's in that uh, mega elite uh, category of players that are in the league right now. So to see him in a Cubs uniform would still be really cool, even if it is just for half a season. Well, whenever you have a chance to have Manny Machado on your team, that's something really awesome to have, no matter what. And you know what? So, yeah, I maybe, think agree. maybe he'd end up liking it in Chicago so much that he that he signs with them in free agency. That wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Chicago is one of the premier destinations now, so that's not out yeah. of the question at all. Yeah, absolutely. If he likes the team, if he likes the culture, if he likes the direction of where they're going, because a lot of people can see – what the Cubs are made of, but when you actually play for them and you have success, then you'll be more tempted to stay. And it's not like, oh, they don't have any money. Oh, they'll have plenty of money to play around with. We know that. The Cubs are printing money. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They've got that big new TV deal coming up. And, yeah, the Cubs yeah, financially, they've happened, right? Yeah, I think so. But, yeah, financially, they've really got nothing to worry about. They're up there with – I mean, they're not quite on Yankees level, but nobody is. Um, boy, the more we're talking about this, the more I'm starting to foam at the mouth, the thought of Manny Machado in blue pinstripes. Hey, sometimes you just got to sit and talk about it, and then you see the possibilities. You really see the potential of Manny Machado playing next to Bryant and Baez and Rizzo. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, hey, if they can do it, do it. I hope they don't give up too much, but, you know, that's not my call to make. They know what they're doing. So, Well, that's kind of what I'm thinking, too. It's They know the team more than anybody. If they think it's valuable, then I'm going to trust it's the right thing to do. If they think that it's the right move, they think they're giving up a fair amount, then obviously it's going to do it because I think both Theo Epstein and the fan base knows is that like I just said, it would be an upgrade. It's not like the missing piece. Last year, Theo Epstein had to make a deal for Quintana because they needed a controllable starting pitcher. This year, it's not as much a need, just a, a big improvement. It would really cause, I think, a lot of big talk. If, if it happened, it would be one of the most talked about things of the year at least in terms of deals. Yeah, that would be the blockbuster deal of the year for sure. And you know, I could see this has got to be the year Chris Archer gets traded, right? I mean, is that going to happen well, finally we've been saying or not? That for how long? Yeah, but what? I mean, the Rays aren't going anywhere. And Archer is—he's not the young guy that he was, but he could still fetch some some uh, decent prospects. I'd, I think the Rays have really screwed up not trading him by now, but I also think it would be a mistake for them to keep holding on to him because what are they at this point? What are you holding on to him for? Nothing. You you, you got to trade him. Right. 
if you sold everything else off, you basically gave Corey Dickerson away. That was stupid. You that just, was you got to trade him now already. Yeah, Tampa Bay just needs to be disenfranchised. What a waste of a baseball team. Move them somewhere else. Hey, Montreal Not would Canada. love to have a team back. No, no, Canada can get their own damn baseball league. While we're at it, we should move Toronto somewhere in the U.S. Where would you move them to? Uh, I don't know. Albuquerque, Omaha. City, you that, well, you know, the Albuquerque Isotopes <laughs> have a pretty big following, but I don't know if it's major league following. Yeah, I suppose. Hell, California can have a fourth or fifth team or whatever that would make it. That'd be better than a Canadian team. I think hey, I just maybe hate, Vegas. I think eh I think I just hate their their stupid dome. That's one of the ugliest ballparks in the league and I it's not it just pretty, makes me resent the team as a whole for some reason. Man, certain things just just anger Adam. All right, as we continue the Cubby's Crib podcast tonight, we discuss Manny Machado and the possibilities of coming to Chicago, if they really are realistic or not. We're going to move on to kind of a little talk about the division. And by that I mean the Milwaukee Brewers. The Milwaukee Brewers are on a roll right now. They have 31 wins. They're off to the best start in their history, which is pretty significant. I mean, they've been around 50 years, and they're currently in first place. They're well above 500. The question really kind of remains right now is, are you worried about the Brewers? To all Cubs fans, are you worried about them? Do you think that they're a legit threat? I mean, my opinion is they are a threat. They are a good team. The Cubs are 7-1 and one against these guys, and the Brewers are going to have to beat the Cubs. And the Brewers also have a number of games in hand because of all the ones that were rained out for the Cubs, a lot of games that weren't played. The Brewers play in their climate-controlled ballparks, so they don't have to worry about rainouts as much. They play more. But the Brewers' pitching right now is insanely good, and they're doing it without Jimmy Nelson. They're doing it with the likes of Chase Anderson, Junior Guerra, and their bullpen with Jeremy Jeffries and Josh Hader. These guys are just completely shutting the opponents down. And I think one of the big questions is, can they sustain that? Will this pitching be able to hold up? I think Josh Hader is the real deal. As for some of the other pitchers, I think they're going to come down to earth a little bit. But, you know, they're they're going to be around. And, if they're going to be around, then they're going to be making deals at the deadline. So they have the assets to make deals at the deadline. And we do apologize for Adam not being here. He'll be back with us in just a sec. His computer had to restart, so I'll just be talking for a little bit. The Brewers are not scoring a ton of runs, but they're doing enough. I mean, lately they've had no Ryan Braun. They've had no Eric Thames. But Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich at the top of the order are getting the job done. Jesus Aguilar is bombing balls out of the park while the pitching is just doing their job. So it's going to be interesting to see as this season goes along how they're going to be able to keep up with their pitching because going into this season, a lot of people said, you know, the pitching staff and the Brewers, I'm not really worried about it. And in the long run, 
they may hit some rough spots, but you got to give them credit right now. They're playing very, very well. So we took a few polls on Twitter. Uh, This one was about the Brewers, and this one wasn't a voting poll. This was just a simple question for Cubs fans to respond, and it said, are you guys worried about the Brewers? And most of the response was no. People did acknowledge the fact that the Brewers were going to be a threat, obviously, that the Brewers leased and the division race until the end, but are they better than the Cubs? Most people think no. I think a lot of people can agree that the Cubs are the better team on paper and that in order for the Brewers to win the division, for people to believe it, they're going to have to beat the Cubs and they're going to have to prove that they're better. Now, once Adam gets back here, we'll get his take on it. But you got to really kind of just respect what the Brewers have been doing because I didn't see Junior Guerra pitching this well. I knew Josh Hader was going to be good, but my goodness, he is really, really good. And then you're also going to have to deal with Ryan Braun when he comes back, Eric Thames when he comes back. And boy, the top of the order, man, it's just, it's good with Kane and Yelich. So the Cubs just got to beat them, continue to beat them. They already have, but it's going to be a tight race. I really do think it is going to be a tight race. I think we got Adam back. Adam, you there? Yeah, can you? I am. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, so, yay, yeah, Adam's right. back. So, I was just talking about the Brewers, the Pirates, and the Cardinals. It was really kind of hard just talking about myself for a while, so I'm glad you're back. Uh, specifically, the Brewers, I was talking about their pitching and how good it's been and what a threat they are to the Cubs. What are your thoughts on that? So, that lineup, I think, is legitimate. They're good hitters. I could see some drop-off in protection from some of them, but my thinking on the Brewers is the Cubs' rotation is probably going to get better, and the Brewers' rotation is probably going to get a little worse as the season goes along. So I think sooner than later, we're going to see the Cubs start to close the gap there in the NL Central. Yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with that. The Cubs pitching on paper is really good. And the Brewers pitching on paper, I don't want to say it's bad, but I don't think it's this good. I mean, when they get Jimmy Nelson back, that's going to be a really big boost for them. Chase Anderson the last year or so has proven that he can be a very solid guy. Same with Zach Davies. Uh, Julius Chassin is a decent fifth guy. But, I mean, they're just pitching lights out right now, and that will probably come down to earth at some point. Yeah, especially as the season goes along, I think some of those guys are going to wear down a little bit, whereas the Cubs have some more veterans than the Brewers do. And so, yeah, I think things are going to even out a little bit. Um, I would expect the Cubs to be in first place within the next few weeks here. That would be ideal. That would be very ideal. So why don't we get into the Cubs pitching, because that's what I wanted to talk about also on this show the pitching unit as a whole, both the starters and the relievers. So if you go on fan graphs and you look at team stats, you could see the team stats of every team in every aspect. And if you go to pitching, it's got everything from war, FIP, XFIP, ERA, base on balls, Ks, BABIP, all that good stuff. So the Cubs pitching as a whole, if you look at their ERA, it's one of the best. It's like the fourth lowest in baseball. It's 342. The Brewers are right above with 336. 
the Diamondbacks 331, and the Astros 242. Now, with all that being said, if you look at base on balls per nine innings, the Cubs have the worst base on balls per nine innings, 4.43, just right in front of the White Sox, who are 4.55. I think it's fair to say that Cubs fans alike and the pitching staff and the whole team really wants this team to cut down on the walks. Now, Tyler Chatwood probably does contribute a decent amount to that. I mean, last night he had a ridiculous amount of walks. His base on balls on the season are ridiculously high. But it's been kind of a theme throughout. Quintana at times has struggled with command. Darvis has struggled with command. Justin Wilson and some of the bullpen guys. Even if a lot of the bullpen guys are effective, there's still a lot of walks here. What do you, what's your thought on all that? Yeah, the walks have to come down, especially for Tyler Chatwood. I wrote today, I don't know if it's up yet or not, that with a walk rate like that, you're playing with fire, and you can't expect to keep limiting the damage when you're putting that many guys on base for free. And that's a number I expect to come down to. The Cubs don't typically, as a a unit in the rotation, walk quite that many guys. I think that'll sort of uh, sort itself out as the season goes along, too. I'm not so sure about Chatwood, though. That might just be a, a problem for him all year long. Well, he's always had struggles with his command, but I feel like yesterday's game, that was particularly bad. And this year, the walk rate is just, it's way too high. And even if he does walk guys at a normal above pace, it can't be as high as it is. You don't want to walk six or seven guys per start, especially when your starts are five or six innings. He's gotten away with it because he does have nasty stuff and he's been able to not get hit hard and get out of jams. But you can't keep doing that and expect to get out of it every time. And yesterday, the Indians really put a thumping on him. Yeah, and I mean, we've seen him put together some good starts for the Cubs before where the command looks good. So it's not like he's incapable of... uh, of uh, having better control on the mound, but it's just a guessing game. Every time he goes out there to start, you never know what you're going to get from him. If he's going to be on his game or if he's going to be all over the place like he was last night, I think he had six walks in less than three innings, which is, you cannot have that. Well, it's like batter to batter. You don't know. He'll get out some of the best hitters in the game, right. and then you'll see him walking the eight guy who's batting 156 and has like one walk on the season. Yeah, he's gonna have to figure that out. If he can't, uh, if he can't be a little more consistent than that, then I think the Cubs are gonna have to start considering another option. What I also think is kind of strange is that sometimes he commands his other pitches than his fastball better. Like, he's able to throw strikes better with his curveball, but when he throws the fastball, he can't locate. That's also kind of weird. Yeah, that's just bizarre. I really don't understand how that works, but yeah, he's going to have to figure that control out because it can't just – we can't have outings like he had last night on a on a frequent basis. He can't be – can't be having the starting pitcher go two and two-thirds every fifth day. No, especially since the bullpen is being so overused. They're doing a really good job, but we saw last year they worked super, super hard, and it eventually came back to bite them. We don't want to see that again. Uh, Looking at other guys in the starting rotation specifically, 
we saw pretty good starts from Darvish and Quintana in Cincinnati. Quintana brought a no-hitter into like the fifth or sixth inning. He won seven innings, a shutout ball. And then Darvish, one run and six innings, struck out seven. Do you think that they're turning a corner or you still kind of wonder where their consistency is? Because to me, you're seeing better and better stuff from both of them. And you looked at Quintana's numbers, his splits. You take away, like, his starts against Atlanta. He's got a sub-3 ERA. So what's your opinion on those guys? I'm convinced that that Quintana is starting to turn the corner a little bit, and I think we're going to see a lot more consistency out of him. I don't feel that way about Chatwood. I'm not convinced at all that he's that he's found any sort of rhythm. I have absolutely no idea what he's going to do uh, in his next start. I think that's anyone's guess. And, yeah, that's a problem right now. I also think it's a little too early to just give up on him, but it's definitely not too early to be concerned about it. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. I thought it was really interesting on Sunday with Darvish. He threw nearly 40 pitches in the first inning, and then he was still able to get through six. That, that's something. Yeah, that's that's a workhorse right there. He was pretty efficient the rest of the way through. Um, yeah, Chatwood and Darvish are really the only two guys that I'm concerned with right now. That's about it. The other guys I feel fairly comfortable with. Yeah, exactly. I think that the Cubs really like what they've seen from John Lester so far. I think that they see the potential in Chatwood, but they're very frustrated with the walks. What I like from Darvish is that at least the velocity is there. I know velocity isn't everything, but you're seeing the fastball at 96, 95 miles an hour. If his velocity was way down, I'd be a lot more worried. Oh, yeah. Well, when your velocity is is dipping, you can't get away with as much. And we saw that from Zeke Arrieta after his crazy run that he had in 2015 when that velocity started really taking a dip. You you notice that you, when you make mistakes, you pay the price. And when he was throwing 96, 97, you could get away with missing your spots every once in a while because it's hard to catch up. But when you're down in the, the low 90s, you're going to get crushed if you're missing. But, yeah, that Darvish, velocity was never really a concern with him. His velocity looked good before the season started, and it looked good all the way through. I think that the only thing that the Cubs – and fans are really worried about with Darvish is how he handles tough spots. Yeah, I think that lately we've seen Darvish be able to get out of some of those jams. I don't know if you saw or heard the other day, when Darvish walked the pitcher, he was clearly upset, and Rizzo was able to go over, walk to him, calm him down, and then he got the next guy out. So, you know, hopefully his teammates are doing a better and better job of picking him up in times of, you know, struggle or when things get a little hairy. So hopefully that'll keep benefiting in the long run. Yeah, it's just that he's got the fifth inning blues. That's If he can get past the, the fifth inning with no damage, then it's smooth sailing. But, God, it's just once he hits that fifth inning, it seems to fall apart every time. Not every time, but enough that – when he does get to the fifth inning, everybody is on the edge of their seat and worrying about what's going on at the next. But I think he'll be fine. Um, yeah. He's just come back off the DL. I'm, I'm 
and he he pitched pretty well his first start off the DL, and even yeah, if he had a, I'm always even if he hadn't, I always uh, give uh, pitchers the benefit of the doubt on their first uh, start back from the disabled list, and you gotta give them a little time to to get back into the groove, but. Uh, I think Darvish will be fine. Chatwood's the only one I'm really worried about. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, in terms of the bullpen, I think everything is pretty good, except uh, that really bad outing by Justin Wilson that lost the game for the Cubs in Cincinnati. It was game one of the doubleheader. He walked in the winning run, just really, really ugly, and it looked like he was turning a corner, too. That's what's kind of frustrating. Every time it looks like Justin Wilson turns a corner, then a meltdown like that happens. And I think at this point, I just want to say Justin Wilson's a mop-up guy. You put him in in blowouts or whatever, just someone's got to be the mop-up guy, and that might be just what he is right now. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. I hate to admit it, but I think I've kind of just given up on Justin Wilson. I'm starting to uh, just accept the reality that this might be the worst move that Theo Epstein has made. And I'm not saying it was a bad move to make. I think it was a good move to make at the time. There was no way to know that this was going to happen. But I've sort of given up hope on Justin Wilson. I think he could return to form, but my expectations right now are not very high. And, yeah, he's just kind of the mop-up guy right now. I mean, even when his ERA, even when he wasn't giving up uh, and he runs there for a while. He was still walking, guys, and that whip is really high. Yeah. Look at it this way about that trade. They did get Alex Avila, and it's not like he lit the world on fire, but when you think about it, he had some pretty big hits and some pretty key games down the stretch, so at least he was able to contribute to them winning the division. So I don't think oh, all yeah. is lost with that trade, but it's definitely a little disappointing. Yeah, Avila was good. It's that's pretty bad that you know just the secondary consolation piece in that trade ended up being more valuable than the pitcher, the primary guy. Uh, the problem well, now is that they don't have Avila. Yeah, and you know that's fine. Uh, it sure would have been nice if Justin Wilson would have been the good Justin Wilson last year. I think that would have been a huge help to the Cubs. But yeah, I mean, to, I mean, clearly the Tigers won that trade. Which is okay, because, I mean, in the long run, there's nowhere for Jim or Candelario to play. Right. Yeah, Candelario is doing some pretty decent things over in Detroit. I think they're going to like him. Oh, yeah, that was a really good get for the Tigers. Dark days ahead for them right now, but Candelario is one of the very few bright spots they've got. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing about that trade is, when they made it, it really was intended to solve two problems. Even though Avila, like you said, was the throw-in, they wanted another veteran catcher. You had uh, Wilson Contreras going down with the hamstring injury, and they wanted another reliever. So it did technically fill in two spots. But, yeah, again, Justin Wilson didn't work out as desired. And the other good thing with him is it's not like he was – the guy who's supposed to be the closer, the most important guy. There's plenty of other good guys in that bullpen, so the pressure does not completely ride on his shoulders. Yeah, I mean, that was at a time where the Cubs were really missing uh, a decent left 
handed presence out of their bullpen. They were really only getting that from Montgomery and a little bit from Dunsing. That's not so much the case this year. I know Montgomery has been pretty awful, but I think he'll he'll pick back up. And Brian Dunsing has been fantastic. And you know, obviously Brandon Morrow is now far and away the best left-hander they've got in their pen. So the bullpen is in good shape right now. They're As a whole, they're pitching really well. The only thing I'm worried about is how much they're pitching. The starters are not going long enough uh, regularly, and I just really don't the pen is going to be getting overworked here, and that that might start showing eventually. It was really frustrating seeing the pen have to pitch an extra innings in game one on Saturday. That was really frustrating. That might have been one of the most frustrating, anger-filled, just bad losses of the year. Oh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm watching the game right now. Did the Cubs have a hit? Nope. Not to, to, to change uh, subjects on you so quickly there, but uh, no hits for the Cubs off of the Plutko, whoever this guy is. Plutko, yeah, I just call him Pluto. Pluto, not a planet. Rip. Oh, you're you're that guy. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm the science guy, man. Not really, but <laughs> okay. You know, we do have some time left, so do you have a quick game for us? Um, Let's just do uh, like a, a yay or nay thing. I propose something, and you know, the other one will come back with yeah or nay. You, you go first this time. Okay, that sounds good. Yay or yeah. nay? The Cubs are going to claim a reliever off waivers, and he's going to be key down the stretch. Nay. That doesn't happen very often. You don't see it all the time. I think the Cubs are pretty much set the way they are right now, barring an injury. Um, I'm not really sure who that guy would be that they would get. I I mean, I guess you're talking about a surprise guy, but I'm just going to go out on a limb and say no, that doesn't happen this time. I'm going to say yay. We've seen it happen with this team before, and I just have a feeling it's going to happen again. You know, like a Clayton Richard or type, something like that? Go back and look at the 2015 Cubs bullpen. Look at how many guys were like waiver claims or minor league contract guys. You had Clayton Richard, you had Fernando Rodney, you had Trevor Cahill, and for that one year, it worked really well. It was kind of interesting to watch that bullpen. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Trevor Cahill... I think he's pitching pretty well for the Oakland Athletics this year. As a yeah, you know, I kind of miss him. I liked him. Yeah, he was uh, nothing flashy, but he got the job done, and he he ate up innings. He was pretty efficient. He was he was kind of an under the radar, underrated guy the Cubs had. Yeah, he could fill multiple positions if he needed him to spot start or long relief or just one or two batters. He could do it. Oh yeah. All right, so uh, yay or nay, within the next two weeks, Mike Montgomery is the fifth starter, at least just temporarily. Uh, I'm going to say nay. I still think they're going to hold on to Tyler Chatwood as long as they can, and I think Tyler Chatwood is going to have a revenge game the next time around, so I'm going to say nay. I hope you're right. My gut feeling is that Chatwood 
uh, within his next two starts is going to have another game like he had last night, and the Cubs are going to just say, you know what, we can't keep putting up with this. we got to try something different, at least for a while. Give Montgomery the green light to start for a little bit and then maybe throw Chatwood back in there and see if he uh, doesn't do a little better a second time around. Yeah, you know, that's a, I guess that's a fair thing to ask. You know, his ERA was never bad. It's just the walks were such a such an issue so far, even when they weren't costing him. It, you can't help but wonder what the Cubs officials think of it. Yeah, I just think that you know, I'm not giving up on Chatwood. I don't want to give the impression that I, I just want to throw him under the bus right now. But I, all I'm saying is that if he keeps doing what he did last night, they they have no choice but to try something else. No, that's fair. That's fair. All right, uh, yay or nay, Ian Happ is going to reach 30 home runs this year. What's he at right now? I don't have his stats in front of me, but... I don't know either. I'd look it up, but I'm having some technical difficulties if, if... You know, the listeners couldn't tell I'm on a cell phone right now. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm just, no matter what, I'm going to say yay. I said, I think we talked about this before the season even started, and I said he would eclipse 30 home runs. I still believe he will. There's a lot of power, a lot of pop in that bat, and he's just now starting to play. Uh, he's hitting more consistently. I think he's sort of found a rhythm. But so yeah, I'm saying 33. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's probably around where I would put him as well. Well, we are just about out of time. We apologize for some of the technical difficulties that we had, but hopefully everything will upload okay and you'll be able to listen to this podcast with no problem. Adam, thanks again for being here. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, everyone, have a great night. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Cubby's Crib podcast, Climbing the Ivy on the Fan Sided Network.